0: Get yourself out of the way. Get yourself out of the way. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 is where we have been all through the month of November. I can just let you know publicly now that no, December. Maybe I should just chill a bit for December. All right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I believe you have your Bibles. I believe you have your smart devices. I are taking notes. There is a word for someone this morning. And before I forget, as we take the communion, just in case I forget, someone should remind me, you can put it on the chat. Praise God. It's amazing when I say something, but maybe the production team will help me so I do not forget. There's something the Spirit of God said to me that I want to do this morning in the course of this service. And, and please remind me just in case the service goes, you know you know how our services can go sometimes and then we're just trying to, we, we won't rush so please i will i will just keep the element beside me i think i'll remember and spirit of god will remind me glory to god glory to god are you glad you're in god's presence this morning i need to feel your energy you know i feel you you can see me and you think i can't see you but you are mistaken i can see you i can tell you what you're wearing right now i can tell you what corner of the room you are i can tell you just got up now someone wants to test me glory to god romans chapter 8 verse 11 but if The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He says he will raise, telling us that spirit is a personality. He will raise Christ from the dead. will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So all through the month of November, the Lord has taken us through various installments that his desire is to brandish, to show forth in exceeding measure his power through us and in us somebody say glory to god glory to god this is a scripture we usually use for communion and the lord says we should begin from there let's begin from there luke chapter 22 and verse 19 luke chapter 22 and verse 19 it says jesus speaking and he took bread he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you and he makes a very important statement that i want you to underline if you have a paper bible i want you to underline it or highlight it if you have an electronic bible well you have to highlight your verse <laughs> glory to god it says do this in remembrance of me it is amazing that there will be a need i need you to follow me this morning that jesus would instruct us that there is an activity now remember that christ came not just to enact religion all right but to bring us relationship with the father but he gives us an injunction that sounds religious because he says you guys should continue to do this. This is the kind of things Pharisees like. They like things that are routine, like things that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. But Jesus is saying there's going to be a big difference between your usual, please follow me this morning, there's going to be a big difference between your usual religious activities and this activity that I am asking you to do he's saying the difference won't be that you 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 don't have wine in your house and then when you do communion you can taste wine the difference wouldn't be that you don't have access to bread and then communion affords you the opportunity to eat bread no he says the main difference is that it's going to be your same bread it's going to be your same wine but by virtue of my power it's working you he says that the key difference that will demarcate this from religiosity is that this is about me somebody say it's about Jesus All right, we're we're making progress little by little. Somebody say that again, it's about Jesus. He says that the ultimate hallmark of religion is lots of activities that are not about me. But the proof of relationship is that everything will revolve around me, not around anyone else. And I've come to announce to you this morning that what God wants to do, God has decided to do, And part of the first thing the Lord will have us understand this morning is that the display of God's power, the mighty move of his spirit that he sets to do, it's not, you might not like this, it's not about you. It's not about your expectations, it's not about your limitations, it's not about your past, it's not about your consistency or the lack thereof. He's saying that there will be a people whose concentration and focus will be about me, not about them. This is simple yet so profound. It's amazing how much the church of Jesus is desperately working out to snuff jesus out of the place on saturday morning as we prayed the pastor who let us mention during the elections down south of a tweet that said let the church pray the world needs and they put the name of a political candidate and by the rousing of the spirit of god she said no let the church pray the world needs jesus it's amazing how we can build everything about every other thing about from Jesus. And he says, until you guys trace back your steps and make this about me, then my power is ready to flow through you. Glory to God. Somebody say, glory to God. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Because you have a tendency to forget. You have a tendency to get lost in yourself. You have a tendency to be obsessed with your circumstances and with your realities. It says, this is about me. This is about me. This is not about you. I know you think you are living your life, but you're actually living my life. This is about me. This is not about you. You can see the twists and turns, the the detours that you would rather not make, but this is not your journey. This is me crafting something with you and through you. Come on, I want you to beat your chest and say, it's not about me it's all about jesus come on saying that alone gives you it's, it takes a lot of pressure off you i'm not under any obligation to perform anymore i'm not under any obligation to look good or to score a pass mark in anyone's books i'm sorry my life has not turned out the way you wanted but guess what i don't live for you i live for jesus and this life is completely available for his use at every time in every way come on beat your chest again I say it's not about me it's not about my flaws, it's not about my past, it's all about Jesus. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 all the way to 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God's p- power flows where we recognize our deficiencies. As long as we continue to insist on our togetherness, on our I've got this figured out. I don't know about you. You've seen someone struggling apparently struggling, struggling and they just want to die there on the line. Saying, do you need help? Do you need help? He said, no, I've got this. I've got this. And they're just there. He said, do you need help? I've got this. And he's saying, come unto me all ye that labor. He said, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Your way is too. Somehow, you guys are too. I've got this. I've got this. His power will manifest when we can stretch forth our our hands and say, I've not got this but you have, and I need you. I need you. I need your power. And then we'll see his power, boom, blow forth. And it is my prayer for someone under the sound of my voice this morning, in every way that you have struggled with turning over and submitting to the power of god's spirit it is my prayer that grace is released this morning and everything you have held on tightly to that you should be letting go of. that by his spirit you will let go of it and that you in your lifetime you speedily you very quickly will see a mighty move of his power in jesus name come on say it again it's not about me it's about jesus when this revelation hits you everything changes i remember a couple of years back couple of years back now it's actually more well a lot of years ago when we received the news that my dad had passed on we were on fire breathing tongues and everything and then everybody came everybody everybody you can imagine they had wonderful things to say wonderful things oh it is well you know it is well is the most popular oh it is well the lord the lord is the lord the lord it is we cannot question him all wonderful things but there was something that my soul desired that i had had not received nothing anybody said could was comforting nothing absolutely nothing i was annoyed with god but i just needed a word that would make sense a word that would make sense and the word came the word came not unto us not unto us It, it came we had a lot of pastors reverends evangelists visits it came from my big brother it was like he realized, he just got up and said, you know what, guys, it's not about us. It's not about us, it's about, it's about him. Now, what about that is comforting? What about that is soothing? But that was all I needed. I shed my last tear at that moment, and I, and I discovered that this is not even my journey. This is not even my story. This is him writing, and see what he's writing, see what he's making, see the beauty he's crafting. I've come to announce to you, Whatever sorrow the enemy has designed to pull you down, God says, I'm turning it around for my glory. Whatever pain dent in your past that you are trying to cover desperately, the Lord says, I am the author of this story, not you. Drop your pens, drop your swords, release yourself and let my power flow through you. And it is my prayer that the person for whom this word is this morning, you will permit the Spirit of God to have total, total, complete way in your life in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 to 29. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, I love that caveat, according to the flesh. He's saying, not many mighty, not many noble are called. It says, but God has chosen, I need you to follow, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. Verse 29 tells us why this is, this is how God rules. He says that no flesh should glory in his presence. So God is saying there is no limit to my power. There is no limit to my ability. But that power will only flow once we've gotten self. Once we've gotten flesh. Once we've gotten logic. Once we've gotten brilliance. Let me tell you. If you have a logical, intelligent, brilliant mind, you lay it down at his feet and say, Father, this mind you gave it to me, it will not be to my disadvantage. When the Lord says, this is this, we now bring our calculative minds. Calculus, the Y, the X. We plot graphs and matrices. Say, God, given these circumstances, there is no way this can happen. There was an expert who the Bible says the the, the man at the right hand of the king. his minister of economic affairs. He said, by this time tomorrow, the expert said, no, we've checked all the models, all the predictive analytics. We've checked all the data. We've plotted the graphs. We've looked at the correlation. We've looked at the regression. We've looked at the evidence from previous pandemics. He says, it can't see. I know you're a man of God, but it cannot happen. It cannot happen. God said, you won't see my power. You won't see it. You won't see it. Child of God, the message to you this morning is to get yourself, get your flesh, get your brain. And please, I am not saying don't think. I am saying take logic out of it. Think his thoughts. Take logic out of it and allow his power flow. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. So, as we get ourselves out of the way, what are the three things the Lord wants to take? He wants to take over to unleash and to reveal his power. We'll move very quickly now so that we can spend some time to pray and then we have the communion together. And what I said, I do not want to forget when we take the communion. Praise God. The first thing the Lord wants to take over is your story. Somebody say your story. God wants to use your story. God wants to use your story. Many times we want to write perfect stories. We want to write fairy tales. We want to write stories that begin with, oh, well, it was born in a, in a village in, I don't know what village you were born in, but if you're like me, I wasn't born in the village. Glory to God. I was born, you know, I was born, I'm not, I was born, you know, glory to God. Praise God. Hey, someone say we have your birth certificate. What you have is my physical birth certificate. Glory to God. When you see the spiritual, you see, you see how I was born. Even the king of glory permitted himself to be born in a manger. Come on. So we don't hold on to the physical place of our birth. But we have another reckoning, another place of birth. And he's saying, do not allow your physical details, date of birth, place of birth. The king of the universe, place of birth, was a dirty, stinking manger. There was no room for the one who created the whole universe. Can you beat that? That's because his story is not tied to the reality of his place of birth. There's someone here, your biggest problem with your story is the circumstance of your birth. The circumstance of your birth. You don't like it, you don't like where you were born. You don't like your parents were not married when they gave birth to you. You grew up having this sense of you are not wanted, you are not not desired, you are not planned. You know some parents say it carelessly, they say it unknowingly. You just jokingly, you know, you know we gave birth to you at the point we're not expecting a child. Can be very damaging to the psyche of a child. But it doesn't matter whether they were come on i need somebody to hear this it doesn't matter whether they were expecting you it doesn't matter whether they planned you there is someone who had planned you who had formed you who had designed you there's someone who was expecting you for destiny he says you have a role to play i know the place of birth is not the best but the place of destiny is the best place come on i need someone to get that i know the circumstances of your early childhood and nothing to write home about he says but these are the things That I need from your story, I'm going to use it. It Might not be the circumstances of your birth, it might be the circumstances of growing up. Poor decisions. You desired to go this way, but life happened. You desired to go in this direction, but life happened. God is saying, submit your story to me. Let me write it. You can't write it better than I would. You can't write it better than I would. I remember when I started, you know discovering purpose and destiny and i was listening to a lot of a lot of motivational talk and pumping myself i have a five-year plan i have a 10-year plan and then i had my five-year plan please don't get me wrong it's important to plan it's important to have your five year and your 10-year plan but when we are done then we take it to him we take it to him i'll say i've not brought this plan for you to authorize i've brought this plan for you to mess it up I brought it for you to mess it up for your glory i wrote my plans by age this i will have done this by this i should have been here working hard towards it and god said there's lives connected to you there's so many there's this your plan is great but it's great for you alone there's another version of this story that involves millions that involves destinies that involves nations he said we won't go with if we go with this one if everyone stamps it only you We'll be glad. If we approve this other one, it's just this other one is not as nice looking. It's not as nice looking. It's not as nice looking. Then God started messing up the plan. But to his glory. But to his glory. It might be some of the choices you've made. As we turn to Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible tells us of a lady. A lady whose name is Rehab. She probably had made some bad poor choices. How do I know that? There's no young girl you go to a, a kindergarten class and you ask asking them, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And say, I want to be a doctor. Someone says, I want to be an engineer. Please, can't give me professionals because this, the African, that's very African, lawyer. <laughs> it's just lawyer, engineer, doctor. We, we like those professional, but, the point is, of all the professions you find, I, I remember asking a child once, what do you want to be? Says I want to be a billionaire when I grow up. Ah, I said I wish there was that profession. <laughs> Someone knows money already. Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. But there's no little girl where you ask her and say, What do you want to be when you grow up? And she says, I want to be a prostitute. There's no, there's none. There's none. Life must have happened. Choices regrettable choices i get to the point where i say man's got to do what a man's got to do a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do but you remember that there's destiny over your life and now you've made poor choices you've made poor choices and if god gave you the pen you'll say god i love all the way the story started but we've got into a few chapters where i need us to delete the pages I made some poor decisions, I made a bad turn, I made a poor choice, I'm still living with the consequences. This part of the story may not bring you much glory, so let us therefore take it out. And God says this part of the story is the exact portion that will give me glory because someone else will need to know that your tag and the tag from your past does not disqualify you from the future that I have for you. It says, they had come to the house of a harlot named Rahab, but she had a chance at grace. She had heard about the God of Israel. She had heard about the God of Israel. Glory to God. Verse 18 and verse 19. If you can jump down, Joshua chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 19. The same Joshua chapter 2. It says, Unless I need you to pay a child. You know, I know when you're getting a bit distracted. So there was someone now that just needed to focus. Yeah, this is you. I know you're back now. Yeah, I see you. I see you it says unless when we come into the land it says you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you bring can you see this now god had written in her destiny that she was going to be a deliverer she had made choices that she was not proud of probably that her parents were not proud of her mom probably woke up one morning and said you're an embarrassment to this family in this family, we've produced bankers. In this family, we've produced doctors. In this family, we've produced engineers. In this family, everybody's grades have always been A. We've never had a B in this family. You are a disgrace to this lineage. You are disgraced. Everybody from this house has gone to an Ivy League school, and here you are telling me you're going to Chattanooga, Kantangura Community College. What is that? Where is that? I said said, that, that's where I want to go. <laughs> But well, he says the destiny you carry is not threatened by the college you went to. It's not threatened by the choices you made. God still wants his power to flow through you. Verse 19, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the streets, the blood shall be on his head and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will see free from our oath, which he made us swear. She struck a deal of grace. She struck a deal of grace. There was deliverer in her destiny. Child of God, I don't know the choices you've made or for someone listening to me and you're saying, um, I didn't know God used people like me. Um, I didn't know God wanted people that looked like me. And I'm here to announce to you, God wants you. God wants people like you. Jesus came for people like you. Jesus came for you. For you, Jesus came for you. There is a deliverer in your destiny. Let me show us Hebrews chapter 6. If you can, no, let's, go, let's stay on J- Joshua. If you can put me on verse 25. I want you to, I want you to see something there. It says, and Joshua spared Rehab the harlot. That tag remained. A father's household and all that she had. You know what that means? The dad that was never proud of her, The mom that was never proud of her. The siblings who said, look at you. I mean, you bring the bling, you bring the money, but look at you. He says, my destiny is to be a deliverer. And God was not intimidated by my profession. Come on, let me tap your neighbor say, God wants to use your story. And don't blot out the not too nice parts. He wants to use those parts. He wants to use those parts. Glory to God. The next thing God wants to use is God wants to use your spots. God wants to use your spots. God wants to use your spots. Remember the word is for us to get ourselves out of the way so that his power can flow maximally. God wants to use your spots. What are spots? Spots are indelible marks. They are indelible marks, indelible marks, indelible marks. You try to wash them, you just discover it looks like you're polishing it. You're trying to delete that portion of your story. It just looks like it just keeps on getting brighter and brighter. And that's what everybody wants to talk about. God wants to use your spots. God wants to use your spots. And there's a word here, I've, I've written down here. It says, and this is a word for someone. Never allow your self-esteem to be connected to your circumstance. Never allow your sense of worth to be determined by a circumstance. I have a job now so I am confident. I just lost my job then I look down. Child of God your esteem, your sense of worth must never be co- connected to something that can change or something that is impermanent or something that is fickle. As a child of God your sense of worth must be connected to your identity of who you are in Christ and that doesn't change. That it doesn't fluctuate by your bank account. It doesn't fluctuates by your credit card balance it doesn't fluctuate by the number of followers you have on social social media it doesn't fluctuate by what people choose to think about you today or what people are funny people are people people are humans humans are people praise god are you still with me this morning praise god god wants to use your spots wants to use your spots second samuel chapter 9 and verse 1 there's an interesting story that i was hoping we'll read from verse 1 to 5 you can write it down but maybe i'll just read from a few verses second samuel chapter 9 from verse 1 it says now david said is there still anyone who is left of the house of saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. That was the question. David was ready to show favor. Verse 2, And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? He said, I am at your service. I am at your service. Verse 3, Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God and I need you to pay attention and Ziba said to the king there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet the big question is how does that detail relate to the question that does Saul have any descendant I need you to follow me the enemy many times will highlight your deficiencies with the hope that it will convince God that you are not the right person for what God has prepared and what God has planned for you he says yes there is a son but before we get this conversation too far let us settle it right up now that he is lame in both feet it's the same way that God is orchestrating and designing and working out a plan for your life. And he's not seeking people's opinion because what He is going to do, he's going to do anyways. But people will volunteer their opinion. And many times when they volunteer those opinions, they are not coming with commendations. They are not coming with references. They are not coming with nice, sounding words. They are coming with disclaimers. Say, God, I know you want to use that lady, but I need you to remember she's done 10 abortions in the past. And God says, who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know that? And the enemy goes, dig up dig up another, another, another stain from the past. It's like, okay, maybe God is not intimidated by that. Let's look for something else. And he comes with something else. And God says, I made him. I made her. I know him. I made her. My strength is made perfect in their weakness. Child of God, those spots, God sees it and God wants to use you with those spots. He's not going to paint it. He's not going to spray it. He's not going to cover it as it were. He's going to give you a cloak of righteousness and he's going to see Jesus instead of the spots. Stop trying to blot what you cannot blot. Scripture tells us the handwriting of requirements has already been blotted by his blood. Leave the spots alone. Leave the spots alone. For some, it's physical spots. You've never been confident in your appearance. You feel your face is too round. Your face is too straight. You feel your hair is too tall. Your hair is too short. If If you are like me, you feel this afro is too much alright? Or if you're like someone else, you just feel and, and you, you've just disqualified yourself. God wants to communicate destinies just thinking about the extra kg. I just gained two more kg. God is saying, there's destiny. Get up! Get up! Say, God, they know my story. They know my past. They know me in that place. And God is saying I am raising you as a voice. The person they know is not the person I'm sending there. You're a new man. You are a new woman. My spirit is in you. You've become another person. Come on, someone say glory to God. Verse 5, I love verse 5. After this negative recommendation came, the Bible tells us, I don't know the version, I think it's the old KJV. The, this version, NKJV says, then the king sent and brought. Another version says, then the king fetched him, fetched him out of Lodeba. And I pray for someone, under the sound of my voice this morning, anywhere negative recommendation has gone ahead of you, we plead the blood of Jesus over such statements, over such documents, and we turn it around for your favor. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak directly into your life that favor will fetch for you. Favor will fetch for you. There will be an invitation. You will be pulled out in the name of Jesus. He says, though he was lame on both feet, he sat at the king's table for the rest of his life. He sat there. He sat there. He sat there. When you look at all the people sitting on the table, you don't tell who is with crutches. You don't tell who has paraplegia. You don't tell who has quadriplegia. You don't know. He sat there. He owns that table. Help me tap your neighbor. Come and say, own that seat. Own that seat. If the Lord gave it to you, sit on it. Sit on it. Don't allow yourself to think, oh, maybe I'm here by mistake. Maybe they employed me by mistake. Maybe they'll see this calm that I am. Eventually. No. Own it to his glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you still with me this morning? The Lord is asking us to get ourselves out of the way. He wants us to remember him. It's about him. It's not about us. Yes, it's our story. But he wants it to become his story. It's our life where he's living his life through our life. He's writing that story. He wants to use it. He wants to use your spots. And finally this morning... He Wants to use your scars. He wants to use your scars. He wants to use those things that remind you of a time and a season that you desperately want to forget. How do scars from? Scars from I don't want to take you all medical now, but the attempt was healing. The desire was healing. But something happens, and then the healing becomes by another intention. Let me not take it too technical. And then scars from, scars from, scars from. And God is saying, I want to use your scars. I want to use your scars. I want to use your scars. Those things that will remind you of a point you do not want to remember. God is saying, fix that remembrance. For a child of God, we have no such thing as PTSD. A point in our life that makes us break down. We only have points in our lives that make us kneel down and say, Great is your faithfulness i am standing here today and i remember this scar this wound when i almost destroyed myself for someone it's a physical scar you remember when you almost took your own life you have that scar on your wrist you have that scar on your neck you have that scar your body for some it's a surgery and you have that scar from that surgery it reminds you of a time where all the prophecies said god will heal you and you were convinced by the devil that god did not heal you you had to reluctantly go for the surgery And then you see the scar. And when you are praying and rejoicing, God is faithful. Let me just remind you, say, look down there. Look at the abdomen. Look at that incision. It didn't show up for you. It didn't heal you. But we don't go back to our scars to remind ourselves of trauma. But we stand on those scars and say, look at the beauty God is making with this. I remember when I should have been long gone, but he kept me. His faithfulness preserved me. I am alive. I am standing today because of his grace. I should have been gone. This scar is proof that I should have been gone. If anything, this scar is proof that God is faithful. This scar is proof that God is faithful. For someone listening right now, it's not even a scar. It's an active wound. It's bleeding. It's painful. And you claim that God didn't show up for you. I've come to hold your hands this morning and to remind you that the manner in which you are looking for him to show up is not the manner in which he will always show up. But you can be rest assured that you are not alone. He is there with you. He's not intimidated that it's a wound. It's not intimidated that it will form a scar. It's not intimidated. It's not intimidated. It's not intimidated that that thing might cause a spot. It might cause a spot. And I say, God, better fix this now so that I don't embarrass you. He say, you can't embarrass me. You can't. My, my glory is too big for you to embarrass me. My glory is too big for you to embarrass me. Let me show us a scripture. John chapter 20 verse 25. And then we'll wrap up as we bless the communion elements. And we'll take the bread and the wine together. John chapter 20 verse 25. Child of God, remember the word of God to you this morning. His power is ready to flow. Get your excuses out of the way. Your story, don't hide it. He wants to use it. Your spots... Don't cover them, don't spray them, don't dress them. He wants to use it. The wounds, the scars, he wants to. You know, the story I'm about to read to us in John chapter 20 is an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Paul, in his epistle to the Corinthians, talks about the glory of the sun, the glory of the moon. And he was using that as a template to suggest to us the glory of the resurrected man that we will have a body, but it won't be a body. It says our tent groans that that there's something else that will pick on when immortality swallows up mortality, when the incorruptible swallows up corruption. It was painting a picture of that body. But we have a firstborn, the firstborn of the dead, the first fruits of the dead, who actually has that resurrected body. And guess what was in that resurrected body John chapter 20 you, you need to sit down for a minute and think about this John chapter 20 verse 25 he says the other disciples therefore said to him him there is Thomas also known as Didymus we have seen the Lord so he said to them unless I see his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side I will not believe verse 26 and after eight good days his disciples were again inside and Thomas this time was with them Jesus came the doors being shut and he stood in the midst and said shalom shalom I bring peace I bring peace guess what he does next he leaves all the ones that believed he leaves all the ones that had faith all the ones that were convinced he said he was going to rise again now we are risen how difficult is that he even rose the dead while he was with us why can't we believe in his own resurrection he left all those who had believed he went to the very one who said i must touch i would have thought that jesus coming to thomas we need to say thomas this is me jesus the old body is gone. The body that was nailed, the, 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 the one that was scarred, the one that was bruised, it's gone. Now I have a new recreated body. Thomas, this is the new me. Believe. He didn't do that. He said, In the new recreated body, God preserves some details. Because he's not intimidated by the scars. He says, Put your finger there. Look at my hands. Look at my hands. He said, put it into my side. He said, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. 28, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. This is a moment. This is not a sentence. This is a moment in a journey. My Lord and my God. What kind of God brings a recreated body and keeps the scars, the bruises? He walks the courts of heaven. The angels and the elders are bowing. And he say, maybe in all his glory, let's cover this. And he says, I need to remind them, I did this for them, and I am not ashamed of what I have done for them. I am very proud of what I have done for them. Not many of them will be able to put and dip their hands in my sight, but blessed are they who will believe, even having not yet seen. Child of God, I know the pressure from our world is so tough. He says hide everything that is not perfect paint only a perfect picture everybody's social media accounts looks like life is perfect everybody's boiling everybody's chilling everybody's fine nobody's hungry nobody's broke everybody's house is fine we all have lights and we have nice looking decor in all our houses all of us our destination points have nice blue waters and golden sand our lives are all perfect except that that's a lie Except that that's a lie. There is no perfection outside of perfect peace. is our perfection is our perfection is our perfection, glory to God is our perfection. Come on begin to thank him for the word this morning. Say Father I yield it all to you. my story, my spots, my scars. I know now you are not intimidated. you are not embarrassed that this so-called son of yours this so-called daughter of yours has made such poor choices such bad decisions but you tell me to come you tell me to come you tell me to come back to come back to you what a loving god you are what a loving father you are what a god of peace what a god of grace you are What a God you are. What a God you are. What a God you are. Set, ready to display your power. He said he's chosen the base things. They are better qualified people. More perfect lives. People who have been prim and proper from birth. People who spoke in tongues on their naming ceremonies. But God says, I want to use you. I know the idols your parents worshipped. I know the places they took you to. But I'm ready to my mighty power through you i know the poor choices and the poor decisions you've made but i'm ready to show my power so that when i show my power the world will know this is not your brilliance this is not your intelligence this is not your creativity this is not how meticulous you are but this can only be explained by his grace this is his power to work in you this is his power to work in you as a ministry father we bring you our story It's not a perfect one. Many will audit our story and shake their heads. Many will look at our spots and our scars. And we say, God ought not to be doing what he's doing in their midst. But you've chosen us in spite of us. We let it go. We refuse to polish our story to sound nicer. We say it as it is. Now the excellency will be of you alone. The excellency will be of you alone. You, Father, for the anointing of your spirit. This morning is a word of healing. It's a word of healing. It's a word of healing for someone. The story, the route that God has chosen to go through, is a route that is beyond you. It is a route that involves destinies. It is a route that involves nations. It is a route that involves families. And what I was going to say earlier as we take the blood, as we take the body this morning. The Lord said he wants to start showing some of you a picture of the destinies you have been called to. And this is how we are going to know. Please pay attention because it's going to happen. He says for some of you, for the very first time in your life, you will speak a language. Now, this is not a language of angels. It will be a language of men. As someone around you will be able to pick it and say you just spoke this language. God says he's giving you that nation to adopt. For someone else, as we pray, a picture of a family will flash through the eyes of your understanding. You will see them clearly. The Lord is saying, I want you to take responsibility for that family. There's something I need to do and I need a man, a woman to stand in the gap. For someone to be an individual. The reason why I'm saying an individual is because many times individuals represent nations. There's someone you will you will adopt in the spirit that what God wants to do through through that person let me give you a perfect example when Isaac the Bible tells us Isaac prayed for his wife Rebecca and she was pregnant glory Mm -hmm. to God but after a while there was rumbling and tumbling that wasn't normal and they went to inquire the face of God normally the Lord should have said you are carrying two babies but scripture tells us the Lord told that you're carrying two nations are in your womb so for someone else you might not see or speak Or adopt a country or a city or a street. It might be a person that flashes, that is impressed on your heart. That's because that person is not just a person. That person is not just a person. That is a nation. That is the fullness of a destiny that heaven is committed to. And heaven is saying, I'm ready for my power. Enough of this being just about you. Enough of this being just about you. I'm ready to recruit you into the service of the kingdom. In the kingdom, we look beyond ourselves. We look beyond our own homes, our families. We are already in Goshen. We are taken care of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody grateful for the word. This one, say thank you, Jesus. I receive your word. I let go. I let go. This is healing. This is a healing moment for someone. I let go. I let go. Some of you, you're in, you're, there are things in your past. Your husband doesn't know your wife doesn't know your spouse doesn't know it's been a burden it's been a big burden it's been a big burden and for the first time in forever you feel free you feel light you're like oh my god god actually knows this what was i thinking he knows it he sees it clearly and he's still chosen you what a joy he's chosen you he's not managing you he's not just bearing with you you are his choice you are his first choice you are his first choice you are his first choice i am his own how lovely how beautiful are his thoughts towards me i am his first choice so reassuring he chose me deliberately he planned me he wrote my story with all the curves and all the detours and all the dents he chose me such a refreshing thought in response father I will live this life for you. I will live this life for you. Paul said to the Galatian church, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Yet not I, yet not I, yet not I, yet not I. This life is for you. This voice is for you. These gifts are for you. These hands are for you. This talent for you, this pen for you, this voice for you, this face for you, this platform for you, everything for Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give via email at info@kicccanada.ca I-N-F-O, at or through our website at donate. But he's doing amazing things now, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.